We're back. Just like I said, we'll be back. This is For the Goalie KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. That music you just heard was Ride It Like You Mean It by Christian Leo. I'm Chad Smith, editor at thebluetestament.com, who's going to take you in-depth, at least on Kansas City soccer. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, Sheena Smith, who's going to give that more casual perspective. What do you think your nickname this week, Sheena? I don't know. What is an Ayatollah? Is that a person? What is that? Well, I think like the Ayatollah Khomeini is like the was like the leader of Iran, but uh, the Ayatollah oh. of rock and roll is Chris Jericho. So you know, uh, one Chris of Jericho, his, like, one of your favorites. Yeah, one of his like ten nicknames. He's got a lot of nicknames. We could just do Jericho nicknames every week. Well, anyways, if you aren't already, everyone, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your Kansas City soccer friends to give us a listen. Just search for the Glory KC wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to give us a five star rating and review Ooh, speaking of ratings and reviews sheena pointed out to me she's the only iphone user in the house so she got on and saw we had our first review if three all of them five stars thank you all we appreciate you uh but one actually had words attached to it it was from ginky pseudos dreadlocks apologies if i got your username wrong it says good show and then it says fun concept definitely enjoy the show well i definitely enjoy that you wrote that review <laughs> oh wow oh well that's that's William Uh, I'm so cheesy anyways (laughs) you can follow us on all of our social media platforms at for the glory KC on Instagram Facebook Twitter or you can email us at for the glory KC at gmail.com and you can also follow me on Twitter at play for 90 and Sheena does not tweet about soccer well we're working on that on today's show though uh, there are a little bit more information on that center back rumor we brought you that was kind of like breaking last week when we recorded by the time it was out like I'd already written an article about it, so you may have read some of this stuff. Sporting Kansas City also won their second preseason game as their first win of the preseason. Uh, we got a bit of a bio on Courtney Ford. Sheena's going to give us a Courtney Ford update. Uh, the Kansas City Currents started their preseason this week. We're going to give an update on that. And then the National Women's Soccer League is looking to expand, and they're not just adding one team. They are adding three. But Sheena, before we get into it, is there anything that's just on your mind, creeping through your brain, or are you just ready to talk soccer? I do have one thing. If anyone is looking for a dog, uh, a lot of the shelters are at overcapacity and running some crazy deals. So if you are looking for a dog or a cat, I know KC Pet Project for the Super Bowl, I believe they're doing $57 adoption fees. And I got an email from the Humane Society, which is where we adopted our little puppy from. They're overcrowded. And so if you are looking for a furry friend slash family member, please adopt and don't go to like a breeder. That's my PSA for the week. Yeah, maybe if you're up to it, Sheena, you can give out your uh, foster dog mom uh, Instagram account since Sheena does dog fostering on the side. Her little side hustle, oh, side hustle is not the right word. There's no, no money to be made of it. It's just We just spend money on it, but it's a good cause and help find these little dogs, their homes. Yeah, and our current foster dog is going up for adoption tomorrow. So if you're looking for a really cute and cuddly puppy, Peach is the dog. She's real cute and she'll be up for adoption. And we're recording this on a Tuesday, so it's likely that Peach will already be adopted by Thursday when this podcast is out, but you never know. She's really cute. She's going to go quick. So let's move the attention over to soccer. Let's start with that rumor we were talking about last week. Remember I brought up that center back? Uh, He plays at Vitesse in the Netherlands. He's uh, on loan from Benfica in Portugal. And his name is Pharaoh. And last week, remember, we talked about it. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? Is he like Madonna or Sherry? 
Harry's just got one name. Well, I, yeah. I made some effort and learned the rest of his name. So his name is Francisco Reese Ferreira, or Fajeda might be how it's pronounced, depending on the country. And that, so I guess that came together to be Pharaoh, F-E-R-R-O. The more ah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a little bit more on him. Not a ton. Um, he is uh, potentially coming as a free transfer. There was a rumor that he was going to be released by Benfica, like he's being pulled back from his loan from Batesse. Uh, but then there was another source saying that it was a 2 million euro transfer fee. So 2 million euros, a little bit more than $2 million. Uh, or I'm sorry, $2 million is going to be a little, it's going to be more in US dollars than in euros. Man, conversions are tough. And they change literally every day, paying exchange rates. So Sheena, does that change anything for you? Remember, he was the 25-year-old. Is the fact that he, if he's free or if he costs $2 million, are you still wanting him if he's a $2 million fee to bring him in, approximately? Yeah, I am still interested in him. I actually last week embarrassed myself in the Twitter world because I don't tweet But I think I was responding to your article about him. And then I made a comment and I don't know where I commented, but you never saw it and it wasn't attached to your article. So somebody randomly got a tweet saying I was for him because I liked his hair because (laughs) that sometimes is a deciding factor on people. It's very superficial sounding, but I am for this. Even if he's two million, because I like his hair. But in all ser- all seriousness, I do think he would be a good addition to the team based off of what I read in your article that was on the Blue Testament website. The old Blue Testament website. Yeah, bluetestament.com. <laughs> Thank you for the plug there, Sheena. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't really know because I didn't. You had some good highlights and things, but highlights are so misleading sometimes. But that tweet thing yeah. did make me laugh because Sheena comes in to talk to me and she says, what do you think of my comment on your tweet? And I was like, I don't think I got any comment. I pull it up and I look at all the replies and the replies from <laughs> other people. And she goes, oh, no. Where did I write about his good hair? <laughs> so good. This is that's why you know I'm trying to bring the like Kansas City in depth sporting Casey Casey current knowledge, and Sheena's over here bringing that casual perspective about man, look at this guy's cool hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought I tried to watch some of the package as well. I watched like a little bit. I'm not going to say I watched the whole thing because I'd be lying. But it was only I like did... a few minutes long. Wow, it's too long. Only... It's too long. Yeah. I only had about a minute to watch it. And (laughs) so I thought he had some good plays, but you're right. Those packages are obviously highlighting, you know, the best of his career. And who knows, maybe that was all in one game or a couple games and he's been bad the rest of the time. But all that being said, it's still unlikely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they're willing to potentially spend two million, I think they have probably seen a lot more. But I think he has a lot going for him besides his cool hair and maybe dashing good looks. I don't know. Oh boy. I feel like what you can say about a 25-year-old soccer player is different than what I can say oh, about like a 25-year-old female player. If I was talking it, about how good-looking a player was, I feel like it'd be it's totally, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt creepy too, though. I'm Just as you said it, you felt a little him. creepy? Yeah. I could borderline be his mom. No, no. You'd have to no. be quite a young teen mom for that to happen. All right. Well, <laughs> um, I will say, watching his highlights, um, you know, it, it's a little weird, right? He had some pretty cool goals. Uh scored a few with his head, which I think is always pretty cool, important, right? Like that's not something that 
uh, Sporting KC have had in droves. Actually, Mike McGrew is a guy I recommended you all follow on Twitter before. Mike is, he put out this tweet the other day about all the Western Conference teams and who scored, had the most expected goals from set pieces. And Sporting were not only last, but they were very last, like way down the little pipe, the little bar chart thing looked kind of sad like their their thing was so much lower so if he could score some off set pieces that'd be great and then he had a a pretty good like long shot from outside the box too which you don't see from center backs a lot they tend to score with their head or just kind of be almost like opportunistic center forward goals they're just in the right place at the right time to to get a tap in and Andrea Fontes has gotten a couple of those Uh, the one thing that concerned me about the highlights and you probably didn't get far enough into them to see this is he would go to the ground a lot to make tackles and that's just always so risky right when you slide and you leave your feet um, I remember hearing a center back always say that like if I'm on my feet thing or off my feet things have gone wrong like I should have been positioned better I should have been in the way to stop the play so that could have just been from when he was a little younger this is from when he first signed with Benfica which is a couple seasons ago so maybe he's cleaned that up in his game but not a lot to know I again I'm just going to stick with the whole I trust the scouting department I trust the the people out there doing the recruiting for Sporting Kansas City and hopefully that they found themselves a good one again this is just a rumor who knows if he's even going to sign probably giving him too much attention yeah I was gonna say is there any kind of update because you reported this originally back on January 25th so is there any other indication that it could be going through or is this still just pure speculation yeah it's just rumors there's multiple sources on it which is always a good sign right when more people are picking up but sometimes because I don't read Portuguese and I don't read uh, Dutch and whatever other languages these stories have been in I'm just relying on Google Translate. So sometimes what gets lost in translation is that uh, it'll be the same source that they're all citing, but it's not obvious or they don't. Some of these sites don't do a very good job of citing their sources. They just kind of act like they're reporting it when really I think they're using someone else's tweet or initial report or whatever. Uh, That's why I will say I don't do a lot of original reporting over at the Blue Testament, but I always try to cite whoever I got information from. And if I don't, it would be a mistake because I mean, if I'm not doing the, the hard work and pounding the pavement out there and making calls and whatnot. Uh, you, you want to give credit to the person that was doing that. So haven't seen anything, but there's been a few other stories, but they seem to kind of still be referencing the same thing. Well, you know, actually, as I'm looking through these other stories, uh, there is team. Let's see here. This is always good where I'm reading during a podcast. <laughs> so this is saying that there are three MLS teams, including Sporting Kansas City. So it's not leading the other ones. And then it's also talking about uh, Pantiakos of Greece are keen on the player. And then it says Hibs, which which I don't know if that means Hiberian, uh, a team in Scotland, I believe, uh, might be in there too. So it sounds like maybe a lot of interest in this player. I mean, again, he's 25 years old, still pretty young, kind of heading towards the you know the prime of your career, so to speak. So I don't know. I wouldn't get my hopes up, but they definitely need to sign a center back. I don't know if you've heard us say that before, uh, but I'm pretty yeah. sure they need to sign a center back. It's getting a little uh, nerve wracking that there's still only three on the roster. Uh, actually, let me give you a little bit of an update when it comes to center backs on the roster. There was several players on trial with Sporting Kansas City at preseason. Two of those were center backs, Mo Abelnadi and then Nassim Makadesh. Again, apologize if I'm messing those up, gentlemen. Uh, but they both have since signed with Sporting KC too. So those two are out. Only Chris Rindov at center back is still on trial. He's the only center back on trial. He's the second round pick. And it has been over a decade since the second round pick made the first team. So that is not super promising, but maybe he's just blown it away in preseason. We don't know. Everything's behind closed doors. Uh, any other final thoughts on Fair? 
Pharaoh. Actually, I have a fun fact for you, but do you have any thoughts about him before I give you that fun fact? I think I shared everything I had about him, just that I really like his hair. Okay, that's your top takeaway. <laughs> yeah. So do you know who has maybe replaced Pharaoh at Vitesse? I mean, you have access to it. Uh, yeah. Was it Cave Rod or Isamont Marine or something? I don't know. You've just combined two humans into one. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas is <laughs> Nicholas yeah. Isamont Marine. Yeah, he's he signed with Vitesse. Yeah. So he is he already made an appearance the other day. So uh, oh. has he pushed this guy off the roster? That's kind of interesting, right? That he would potentially lose his job and then they would kind of replace each other at the teams that they yeah. want. That'd be kind of fitting. So who knows? Yeah, it might not be anything. To a trade without there being a trade. All right. Well, we were talking preseason. There's a couple other bits of sporting KC preseason I want to talk about. One is a rumor. Another trialist, Jason Mejia. You all rem- may remember us mentioning him earlier. He's a winger out of Honduras. Sheena's shaking her head. No, she doesn't remember. She doesn't listen to the podcast. She just uh, is a co-host and edits it and listens to it multiple times. <laughs> Oh, she's laughing into her mute button here. So anyways, Jason Mejia, uh, he said his farewell to his Honduran club on his social media, which seems to imply that he's coming. But then there's a rumor, there's a source out there saying he's signing with Sporting KC2, which is what we had kind of guessed way back at the beginning when we wrote up this rumor that it felt more like an SKC2 signing. I want to give a shout out to Mike Kuhn, who also writes for the Blue Testament. He said that on his Twitter and there's all these Honduran fans and his mentions like, no, this guy's first team quality. He's so good, blah, blah, blah. So I think it'll be kind of funny if he ends up landing on the second team, which is kind of what we expected all along. He's he's taken up an international roster spot. He doesn't have numbers that blow you away in a league that is is worse than this. Uh, that's it. He he seemed to have played well in the preseason game the other day. Sheena, any Mahia thoughts for you? No, I don't have any yet. Okay, once you see some more highlights, which brings me to the other point. Did you watch the highlight package that Sporting KC provided to the media? And I put some free rights rights free music over the top of it and put it out on the blue testament i didn't oh, i know you're keeping, the, you're keeping the casual part of your fandom I hardcore did. in check here. <laughs> i did but you know what i did read the article of the recap so and in I your defense like... it wasn't in there initially i added it like six or eight hours later whenever i got access to it oh i mean i looked at this like last night so oh, it was definitely in there, there. <laughs> yeah i feel like basically the reason I didn't watch it is that so they played Grand Canyon Uni- University, aka GCU, and yep. boarding one eight to zero. And the video compilation that you put together only had five of the eight goals. So I was like, that I'm not true. even getting yeah, I'm not even getting the full experience. So I just decided because of that I didn't want to watch it at all. Oh really? So you said because <laughs> you're only giving me five goals, SKC yeah. with your person that was like running up and down the sidelines taking this like on a handheld little camera like one one angle for the all these goals you're like no I'm out not gonna do it yeah they worked really hard running up and down the field and they should have all eight of their goals shown okay okay well fair enough I on the other hand am glad to have seen some soccer so if you were hearing <laughs> this and you have not seen this you can go see it either on the bluetestament.com you'll see an article something about sporting KC win score eight goals something like that I forget what the title was and then or you can go to the blue testament's youtube page youtube.com slash the blue testament and probably the top 
video on there because we don't put out a ton of video content. We've got some highlights of some games and some interviews and things that Thad and I have done. So go check that out. It's your first taste. You know, let's see, you know, a couple minutes. Ooh of some Kansas City soccer. I've been waiting for a long time. Jeannie, you, like, you look offended by the way I, I sexualized the word Kansas yeah. City soccer. Yeah, it was awkward. <laughs> I've been missing it. And I have a feeling if people are listening to a Kansas City soccer podcast, Sporting Casey, Casey Current, in the offseason, it's because they are craving seeing some soccer too. So go check out those videos. Uh, in the game, there were eight goals scored, as Sheena mentioned. A brace by both Agata and Janice. Do you know what a brace is, Sheena? I'm going to teach you some soccer terminology. I don't. I th- I'm guessing it's two goals. Two goals. You got it. 100%. Ding, ding, okay. ding. Gold star for you. I was uh, trying th- to think of what three was called. A hat trick. But for trick, a yeah. moment there, the only thing I could think of was a turkey because isn't that bowling? Bowling, yeah. When you get three strikes <laughs> in a row, it's a turkey. Yeah, good job. That would yeah. be funny if you're like, oh, they scored three goals. That's a turkey. <laughs> No, no, oh, but I love that. literally we as start I was doing talking, that. yeah, as I was talking, hat trick came to me because all I was thinking was turkey. So I'm glad it came to me. All right. <laughs> I'm glad it came to you as well. Uh, there was also goals scored by Jake Davis. Remember old Jake? He's he's coming up in the midfield. He's kind of like that Roger Espinosa-like player in the midfield, young guy. Uh, Sean Joash. I'm sure I'm saying Sean's last name wrong. I butchered it last week too. He was the guy on trial from GCU, recent GCU grad or i assume he graduated i don't want to put this pressure on him if he hasn't finished college yet and then danny flores who is the newest signing to sporting kc a midfielder uh, coming out of virginia tech but he didn't go through the draft and then you might be like thinking chad that's only seven goals well gcu was kind enough to score one on themselves as well so there was an own goal in there any uh takeaways from the article you read about it since you didn't watch the video (laughs) Yeah, so I have a few observations. And I try to pick some observations separate from what you wrote about in the bluetestament.com article. So wait, wait. Uh, you didn't watch videos, but you have separate I, observations. Yeah, I had observations okay, go, based off. Uh, <laughs> based off I'm of dying to hear wrote. this. Okay. Oh, okay. So, you, okay. Okay. So you kind of touched on the first one, but the first thing that stood out to me was Sean Joash scoring. Since he's a trialist, that feels really promising for him that he scored. I get it's against probably his old team at GCU. Yeah, I'm just literally. assuming he played. Yeah, I'm assuming he played soccer for them. Also, I think I'm. you missed saying that you one, um, there was two goals scored in under a minute, which I is didn't crazy. I did miss that, yeah. Twice in the yeah. 70th minute, I believe. Yeah. And so um, it. I wish it, the game in its entirety was shown somewhere. Like, I think it's nice the team gave a package showing the five goals. But I think being able to watch the full game would have been better. And I would have been interested in that. As I think all the diehard fans would have been as well. Because like you said, everyone is craving soccer. Not in a sexual way. Like you were trying to say it in a That's moment, just how my like voice sounds. Ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think the diehard fans would enjoy a preseason entirety game. And I don't think I fit in the the diehard fan category, but I know you would. You could watch a two minute highlight package. You're going to watch a 90 minute preseason game. I'm not well, buying I it. Want- I would. It's all or nothing for you, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I need all eight goals. If all eight goals had been there or you hadn't told me only five of the goals were there, I would have definitely have watched it. But because I knew I wasn't seeing all of them, I just couldn't commit. I also wouldn't be mad if this is how the team played all season. And I get it's against 
GCU. Oh, it'd be a travesty if they lost to a, I don't even think they're like a top tier. I think they're good in the division that they are in, but they're not even in the first division of college soccer. So that would be a shame. My thoughts on eight goals is like eight sounds impressive. Oh, they scored eight goals. But like if they didn't score a bunch of goals against a, a college team, that's essentially probably like not even really in preseason yet. They're probably not fully up to speed on what's going on. That would be really bad. So I think it's kind of as expected. They're, they supposed, they're supposed to have a potent offense. They were still missing some players. So the fact that they still put in that many goals while not having everybody that you would expect them to have, I think is a plus. Uh, the people that didn't play, for those of you wondering, are Nemanja Radoja. He's yet to appear in preseason. Tim Leibold, who I'm pretty sure is still in Germany. I think actually Thad confirmed that he's uh, going through the visa process. Logan Ndembe, Graham Zeus, Ozzy Cisneros, that's a new one on the list. He played last week. Uh, Alan Polito, Gotti Kenda, and Kyrie Shelton. So the only new name on there is Ozzy. Everybody else had been, hadn't played yet. So a few people reemerged that hadn't played before. So that's good to see people getting in there. And we didn't hear an update from Vermees as to why people didn't play. They didn't ask him that on the little media thing that they gave us. It's just pre-recorded the team interviewing Peter directly. So kind of, you know, kind of generic platitudes about what happened in the game. That's fine. That's kind of what you expect in preseason. I want to circle back to the point that you made about uh, you wish these games were being showed. I agree. I think I'm being a bit of an apologist sometimes going, oh, I'm so glad I got two minutes of soccer because I'm just so desperate for it. But yeah, gosh, could we get a stream? This is probably not the game you would stream. Like if you're going to stream one, you'd probably stream Portland the week before or maybe Real Salt Lake who they're going to play here coming up. But that's kind of where I'm coming down. The, the only other big observation that I had from the game personally was about the lineups. So yes. I don't, again, want to read, I don't want to read too much into them, but I don't know, Shane, did you notice that that Felipe Hernandez and Roger Espinosa were both playing defensive midfielder, which is not their typical spot. Normally, they're further up in the midfield. I didn't. I mean, I saw your note, but I didn't really know what it meant. I only okay. really had. I really only had one two observations. So basically, for those who haven't read the article, or I don't know that you would have got this from the highlights with the lineup, the one thing I saw was in the first half, it it looked like more of the starters were playing. And then the second half seemed to be more of the backups. The one thing that I was curious about your thoughts on. So one observation I made was in the first half, Timilia was the goalie. And then in the second half, um, McIntosh was the goalie and there was no John Pulskamp. Do you think there's anything to think like interpret there? He did play. So they did the whole, everybody plays a third of the game. So it was oh. Amelia for 30. McIntosh came in at 30. So then... At halftime, McIntosh was still on to start the second half. And then at 60, Pools Camp came in. So it's in the story, but it's kind of buried in there. It's not as pretty oh, uh, laid okay. out in the graphics and anything. But yeah, he, he did play. And okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I think I predicted going into the offseason that Amelia was probably going to be the starting keeper again. But I think it's an open competition. John played really well down the stretch. And there's no reason if he's not doing all the right things and playing fantastic in preseason and in practice that he couldn't be the starter for sure. Okay, yeah, I didn't really realize he had played so never mind my thought was now invalid okay we'll throw it out the window so let me go back to that other thing i asked you about and you had no thoughts he said i don't know what it means to play defensive midfielder so that's my apologies for not telling you he's playing like the Ilya sanchez role so they were playing that role which they typically wouldn't be that deep in the midfield between hernandez and espinoza now it's probably nothing it's probably just radoya is not available they're trying out people at different positions kind of seeing what people can do but i kind of like the idea if they can play that role long term like 
like as Roger gets older and maybe he didn't have to run quite as hard and as long if he's playing deeper in the midfield so he wouldn't be having to go end to end as much as you do when you're in that uh, further up box to box role and then same thing for Felipe Hernandez not because he he can't run because I'm sure that kid can run for days like he looks like he's in incredible shape but because it's a way to get him on the field because if you look at that depth chart at midfield it is pretty stacked and is Felipe going to get a lot of minutes maybe maybe not but if he can play D mid and come and close out a game or maybe they can play two D mids to like shut it down when they're ahead I think that's that's a plus. The positional diversity is an asset for all players. But we'll wrap up this preseason talk. Sporting are back in action on Saturday, uh, February the 4th. They're playing a USL championship side, Louisville City. They're a pretty regular contender, Louisville City are, for the title. Uh, so at least they're playing a top tier second division team. If they're not going to play an MLS team, they have two more games after that. They'll play Real Salt Lake a few days afterwards, and then they'll take a break, come back to wrap up preseason and play Phoenix Rising, their hosts. Sheena, I believe you have an apology of sorts for the next segment here. I don't know if it's an apology per se, but I do want to give the listeners, hey, by the way, a kind of behind the scenes of last week's podcast. So last week I did this segment where I listened and shared my experience of listening to other Sporting Kansas City podcasts. And by the way, like I'm so sorry for all the audio issues in that segment. I don't know what happened with my mic, but hopefully my microphone issues are fixed once and for all. I am pretty good at editing, but I cannot get the editing to work to where my volume wasn't all over the place. And that's a pet peeve of mine. When I'm listening to podcasts is when the volume's everywhere. And it's like I'm low one minute, then it's super high. So I just I ended up cutting a good portion of the that segment. Like I think I condensed it down to maybe like eight minutes, but it was originally 15. And Chad would say it was already too long. But one of the things I cut out was a story I was talking about when I was referencing the sporting camp. Kansas City show podcast is that what they're called with Sporting KC show yep you got it yeah the Sporting KC show so the episode I listened to had Kyrie Shelton on it and I was saying how I felt bad that we don't like him more because he does so much to give back and then Chad was like oh well Courtney Ford has a, a story too and then he told me the story which I'm about to share and it really broke my heart and for those who have been listening since the beginning you know that I constantly forget Courtney Ford's name and I really just want to put those days behind me and it's for no reason not because I think he's a bad player or anything like that I just for some reason have really struggled to remember his name I know his position because we talk about it every week but that was like in the back of my head like man I really need to get to know Courtney more And then what really inspired me to learn more like this was like, okay, I got to do this is last week, it was his birthday. I think it was like last Thursday. And whoever runs the Sporting Kansas City Facebook um, account accidentally posted a picture. I think it was of Logan and Dembe, right? Yeah, it was Logan. Yeah. Um, so they were wishing Courtney a happy birthday, but then it was a picture of Logan and Dembe. And naturally, it caused a lot of confusion for sporting fans. Like, did they share the same birthday? By the way, they don't. Um, and Dembe's birthday is next week. But it took several hours for the Facebook social media person to delete the post. And I'm sure it was an accident, but 
I was like, you know what, Courtney needs like, I need to learn about him once and for all because nobody should be forgetting about him. And I want to remember his name going forward. So Chad, I'm going to share a bunch of stuff. I feel like you're going to know all this, but for maybe it's for the people, it's for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Know about me. It's Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's players we know a lot about like Zussi and Espinosa, but we don't know, you know, as much about like the new players or Courtney Ford, for example, if you're me. So let's get this started. So Courtney Ford, 27 years old. He's 6'2", weighs 185 pounds. And like, is it awkward? Is this his dating profile that you're going to (laughs) like give out here? What's happening right now? (laughs) No, I, you know, one of the things I think he's got a girlfriend for his social media. I don't know. Oh, I, you know, I didn't look at his account. I should have. Um, but like, is it awkward? What kind of that... research pick is this? You haven't, you didn't even scour his social media. That's classic Sheena internet stalking that you usually get up to. I know. I don't know what was, I wanted to know about him as a person and not see all the fun posts. So I don't know. I don't know. I dropped the ball on that one. But anyways, he is a defender. He was born in Olathe and played for the Wizards Academy team until he moved to Colorado at the age of 12. The reason he moved to Colorado was he spent the weekends with his dad where he was abused and he didn't even realize that he was being abused until I think he was around the time of like 12 and his mom fought to get full custody of him and she did get it but the dad said that if he ever saw either of them again that he would kill them so that was kind of the reason behind the move to Colorado so they get to Colorado and like a few weeks later his mom is diagnosed with breast cancer and begins treatment and like the thing that and I'll get into this a little bit more but like he just has his personal life is just a series of like really sad events later his grandma's diagnosed with liver cancer Courtney graduates high school and he goes to college at the University of Denver And initially, he wasn't planning on going to college, but he had two friends die in a car accident. And that made him and his mom like reconsider his plans because I think at that point he was going to sign as an academy player for the Colorado Rapids, but he decided to go to college instead. And in 2017, he signed with them as a homegrown player. And shortly after that, his grandma ended up dying of cancer. And in that same week, his mom was diagnosed with terminal bone cancer and was given three to six months to live. So just I feel like as I was reading this, first of all, I was sobbing. Um, because I just like so many sad things and such like he's so young. He made his professional debut in MLS on April 9, 2017. And Chad, do you know who he played against in 2017? I believe it was Sporting Kansas City, right? It was Sporting Kansas City. He also scored his first MLS goal on May 27, 2017. Any idea who it was against? I feel like it's got to be Sporting Kansas City. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was against Sporting Kansas City. So I found that kind of fun that he made his debut and his first goal against Sporting Kansas City. In 2019 and 2020, he had knee surgery. And when he returned in 2021, he was loaned out to San Antonio FC. And I feel like that's where he kind of thrived. That's where I'd say at this point in his career, he really peaked being on San Antonio FC, which I believe that's a USL team. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that his mom was given three to six months to live back. And I think it was 2017. She ended up living until 
November of 2021 when she unfortunately died of cancer. In total, she had a 12-year battle with cancer. So I think her story was the most impactful part of the whole thing for me. And she was a fighter and it sounded like it helped him during the hard times. I imagine like through his knee surgery, that had to have been hard to be out of the sport you left for two years. So in January, 2022, he signed with Sporting Kansas City. And I really like this little um, tidbit is that he likes to wear bright shoes. And whenever you see his hair dyed blonde, he does that to honor his mom because I guess that was a way she could see him in the or when she was in the stands. That would be a way he, she could see him on the field. So just a few more things. I'm going to turn more to the career and talk about some stats because Chad, I know you're a stat guy. So, I love a good stat. Give me some yeah. stats. Okay. So for the Colorado Rapids, he had 35 appearances with one goal, and that's not counting any like cups or international games he may have played. Um, Like I was saying, I think he found a stride so far in his career when he was playing on San Antonio. He made 16 appearances and had four goals. And then with Sporting Kansas City so far, he's had 12 appearances and no goals in the regular season. But I think I saw he had like a a goal in a cup or an international game. What's crazy is that I should probably remember him more. And the reason I should is because of that 10 game suspension he had last year for testing for a positive or a performance enhancing drug. And the crazy part of that is that he also lost 20% of his salary. I think when that all went down, I didn't even know who he was because he was still pretty new on the team. And I don't know that he was playing a lot. I could be wrong. Um, So that was like pretty juicy. And yet as a super casual fan last year, like it went in one year and out the other. But overall, he seems like a great guy. And he's had, you know, a rough life with all these tragic events. And going forward, I know I won't forget him now. I hope he has a lot of success this season. Because with all the personal hardships he's had, he deserves a really good season with the injuries he overcame and stuff. So Chad, you said there was a really good interview with Courtney Ford on the Sporting KC show. So um, you asked me to listen to it today, but I didn't have time. Perhaps I could give you the link to the article I was reading. I think it was done in Colorado when he played there. Um, but it was yeah, a really good article. Yeah, put it in the comments of the, of the show. Yeah. So happy belated birthday, Courtney. I won't forget your name going forward. And I hope you do wonderful this season. You left one thing out of the timeline, Sheena. What's that? If it's about his girlfriend, I don't know anything about it. No, no, I don't know anything about uh, oh. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> The fall of 2022, Sheena learned who Courtney Ford was. Oh. That's you didn't you didn't mention that one. <laughs> no, <'cause laughs> you didn't know who it was all season. Apparently, <laughs> I think it's the winter of 2022 slash. Yeah, I guess it would be winter. Yeah, well, winter doesn't start until like December. I'm pretty sure this was like in November that I taught you about. Okay. It, but whatever, it's okay. okay. Uh, we have this thing around the house, like when, like last summer, I think sporting Sheena was watching the game still, but like if she'd missed part of a game or whatever, she'd be like i'm not gonna go back and watch that because she was kind of depressed about how bad they were and i was like they're getting better they're so much better and i remember having conversations with you about like eric tommy and willie yagata and you were like who are these people like <laughs> it's like you had just tuned out right when they signed so because it's you true. Know, it was a rough two-thirds of a season before it finished pretty dang strong so good to learn a little bit more about courtney yeah i encourage you all to go check him out on 
on the socials and see a little bit about him. And yeah, go listen to that other podcast with uh, Sporting KC Show. They did a really good interview with him. Really, really touching stuff. That's always, it's tough yeah. to hear. Like, I don't know what it is about sports, man. They just, the sad stories that also have sports get me worse than just like regular sad stories. I don't know. Well, it's probably something's broken inside of me that regular things don't don't get me. Like the movie Rudy? Let's not bring that up right now. I'm getting emotional <laughs> just thinking about it. All the jerseys being put out on the desk. Ooh. All right, let's switch um, gears. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, if this is something people like and they want to hear more in-depth stuff about players, I could highlight somebody occasionally or weekly. If this is like yeah. good radio, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, we can do it. Uh, let us know on the socials at For the Glory KC, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at Gmail. All right, so let's completely switch gears. Let's move away from Sporting Kansas City and let's talk about the Kansas City Currents. Preseason is underway. As of Monday, the team has reported to their facilities over in Riverside, Missouri. Beautiful facilities. If y'all haven't seen it, go check it out. You can see it right off the highway. So the the KC Current, uh, they are in town for a bit, and then they're going to head to Florida on February sixth. They'll be there for just shy of a month. I guess it's about three weeks till March the 1st. They're going to go to the IMG Academy, kind of a famous soccer facility down there in Florida. And they'll come home for a few days and then head out to California, which I think is new. I don't recall them going to California to Florida last year. They'll go to California from March 5th through the 14th. They haven't announced any of their preseason games yet. That schedule is going to be coming a little later. But as a part of their announcement that they had reported to preseason, they put out a preseason roster. And on that roster, uh, there was 30 players listed, which is like everybody you know, plus the eight draft picks. Um, However, there's a few players that have not reported yet, which is, I think, the maybe the highlight. Highlight might not be the right word. The thing that stood out from the article, and it was Claire Lavoge, who is the French midfielder slash forward who unfortunately had a bad knee injury right at the end of the season last year. So she will not be back until probably about the middle of the season, according to that release, uh, which I feel like is kind of an optimistic timeline. I, I kind of anticipated her missing most, if not the entire season. Chloe Legarzo, who you may not be as familiar with, she missed all of last season with a knee injury, but she is on the Australia national team and she's playing for a club team over in Australia as well. So she's in Australia still finishing out that club season, presumably before she comes back home. Uh, Desiree Scott, who just resigned, not sure if she's just can't get back into the country from Canada. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how that stuff works. I don't cross the border very often. I imagine it's just a scheduling thing and she'll be here soon enough. Ella Schomberger, which is one of their eight draft picks. And then the sad bit of news is Samantha Mewis, Sam Mewis, as you all know her. Uh, she announced that she had a second surgery for her knee injury that kept her out of all of last season. She had another surgery and basically the timeline is unknown. It always kind of felt like, and we alluded to this, especially Cindy and I, we did our special Casey current preview segment a few weeks ago. We talked about how I didn't, I wasn't optimistic that Sam was going to be around. And now it's basically saying no timeline. She's not even staying in Kansas city. She's heading back home for her parents or I don't know why I said parents, her family to help kind of support her through this time. It's probably not her parents. It's probably like friends and everybody else. And I kind of thought to myself, maybe it's because her best friend on the team, her podcast co-host Lynn Williams got traded away. And they sounds like from listening to a few episodes of their pod, they do everything everything together. So that was probably extra devastating to lose Lynn. Anything stand out to you, Sheena, from this roster release? Yeah, I think it's really a bummer about 
Samuels being out with no timetable. Yeah, I that was really the only thing that stood out. Uh, I'm curious to see when Desiree Scott shows up since she just resigned. So I, I think you know there's still plenty of time before they leave for Florida for people to show up. Yeah, definitely more time. I would think that probably Scott's the only other player we're going to see. Maybe Schomburger. I don't know. She was a later draft pick, and in prior seasons when that happened, sometimes the player will like apply for a fifth year of eligibility and stay in college. That's what happened to Alex Loera. She was drafted in the fourth round and then didn't report for a whole nother season. And when she did report, gosh darn, she was good at soccer. So uh, maybe that'll be the Schomburger situation as well. I don't know. No, no insight. That's just me speculating. Uh, one of the yeah. mention about... Yeah, I just wanted to ask a question. So with Sam Mewis, um, I had seen that she signed a new contract. And so... So why why is it just because she's not playing this year, but they want to keep her on the team? What like what is that about? So the release was a little vague. Basically, what it said is that they bought out her contract, like basically paid her out for her contract that was left. She just had the 2023 season left on the deal, and then they re-signed her to a new contract for just 2023. So my guess, and this again, wild speculation, is that it's some sort of salary cap maneuvering here. They're trying to do the right thing, right? Paying Sam for the deal they had agreed to when they traded for her before last season. And then maybe it helps the budget somehow in terms of like the way she's going to fit in there. Maybe she's on like on a minimum contract now, so she hits the cap in a different way than she would have if they'd have done a buyout. And we mentioned this last week because Uri Rosell had been bought out from his contract for Sporting KC, and that was to get it. Basically, he's he's just gone, right? He's been released as a part of the buyout, but he got paid. So he'll, we mm-hmm. assume it's a buyout the way they released that. They didn't use the word buyout, but that's kind of the assumption. Why would you be owed half a million dollars and just leave without taking your half a million dollars? Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if Sam is kind of in the same situation. We don't know what the salaries are, but the likelihood is it was a higher paying deal. She's one of the best players in the world when she's healthy. So it's, it's going to be really sad if this season comes and goes. And I don't anticipate her getting on the field. But if she doesn't, we'll have traded assets to get her. She'll have spent two seasons with the team and played no regular season minutes. And then she, might be gone so i i don't really know which is kind of it's kind of a bummer it's kind of sad yeah that is a bummer yeah and not even just from like a a soccer perspective and i want the kansas city current to be as good as they can possibly be and you know all that but just from like a human perspective like you're your career could be potentially impacted by this. And that's, that is just sad because it's like your only thing that you know, and now you may not have that thing anymore. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that was the roster news. Now, um, in terms of the current though, there is something else tangentially related to the current. Ooh, that was a big word. I feel pretty good about myself saying that one. Uh, It's about the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, There is a report from the Wall Street Journal this week that they are going to expand the league and they're going to not just a little expansion, but they're going to add three teams. So they would go from 12 teams to 15 teams. Quite a jump. The three cities were the three finalists that we had heard about earlier in the offseason, San Francisco, Boston, and Salt Lake City. And they just all are getting teams, which I think is pretty awesome. Salt Lake City, they had already been promised a team from the whole issue with, I mean, if you've been following the Casey Kern at all, you know that they used to be the Utah Royals. And before they were the Utah Royals, they were FC Kansas City. So this team's kind of pinged back and forth. So essentially the lineage of FCKC is the Utah Royals is the Casey Current, but the Utah Royals are going to get another expansion team, presumably re-inheriting that branding and everything and the club's history. But who, who knows officially, I have nothing, this is just kind of r- rumors, but uh, Salt Lake City 
and San Francisco are going to join in 2024. And then Boston, no year was attached to it. So just later is all it said. Uh, but, but but I thought, interesting, 2024, that's only one season away. That's setting yeah. up to run an entire team between now and then is not going to be a small undertaking. It's going to be a lot of work for those clubs. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think I realized, or I guess in my head, I didn't realize 2024 is yeah, next year. I don't know when I thought it was, but yeah, that is coming up quickly. Also, Chad, should we be traveling to a new NWSL stadium every year as well and checking out these stadiums? You are killing our budget here <laughs> with all these. Like Sheena's go-to move to get me to go on vacation is go, hey, could we plan a trip around a Sporting KC game or you know something like that? So now, now you're going to add... Cup. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you are from San Diego and San Diego has a women's team. So I think we absolutely have to get out there and see the wave. I was bummed for you last summer when you were traveling without me that they didn't happen to be there. I think you were leaving the day they had a game and I was like, oh, what are the odds you could go see them play? So, but I think this news is also exciting. It seems crazy that they're going... I guess in the near future, because we don't know when that third, when Boston's coming, but at least next year, it's going from 12 to 14 teams. It feels like to keep it even, maybe Boston will come in with another team. Do you think that would be like they would announce another team? It's always possible. I think that the Long family and Brittany Mahomes, they're doing a lot here for the National Women's Soccer League. They came in, they've injected all this money into the KC current. They built this training facility. They're going to have a stadium built to start by the 2024 season. And I think they're showing how to the right way to be an ownership group and maybe a model for these other franchises. One really interesting thing about this article was they talked about the expansion fees that the clubs are going to have to pay. And like San Diego and LA came in last year and they'd agreed to their expansion like in 2020 or something like that. You know, it takes a few years usually to build up to these things. And their fee was just loosely said between two and five million. And Utah is going to get that deal too, because they'd already agreed to it. But San Francisco and Boston are going to pay 50 million each to get a team. So what a leap in expansion fees to add these teams. So if it's anything like MLS where the fees are up to like 325 million for Charlotte the other year, uh, I think the NWSL will keep growing. I keep saying over and over that if the NWSL does not find a way to be like the premier league of women's soccer and like the best league in the world, and I think it's arguable that they already are the best league in the world, but if they keep growing, they make more space, they bring in the best players from all over the world, they keep raising salaries. There's no reason like all the best women in the world can't be playing here during the regular season, which would be pretty awesome to see the stars of around the world playing against the stars of the US and Canadian teams that are already here. I'm glad you explained that because I now don't have to make a fool out of myself because the way I read your like whatever the article, the roundup article, I'm going to call it on yeah, the Blue uh-huh, Testament. Yeah. I totally misunderstood how you were explaining that I thought they were trying to distance themselves from like a woman's premier league. And you're saying they need to become like the women's premier league. Yeah. I mean, we're not calling it that right. The premier league is just a made up yeah. name for the English league. Right. But uh, in, yeah. in, in soccer, but yeah, just to, to be the standout, I, I did a bad analogy of it the other day where I was like, they should look to be the NBA of basketball. Or, no, the NBA of soccer. I was like falling all over myself trying to say it or, or like the NFL where they're, they're the best league in the world at the thing. Yeah. They do. And I think MLS, you know, they're probably, they're not top five, maybe they're top 10, top 15 in terms of men's leagues around the world. So the women have a real yeah. opportunity here. And I'm hoping these new owners, 
owners coming in are going to take advantage of it. And the Longs and Brittany Mahomes, they're the leaders in that for sure. So Chad, another aspect that is really captivating me is going back to the expansion fees that $50 million is just so much that Boston and San Francisco paid to join the league. Like how bummed are they if they know that Utah paid between the two to four or five million? Do you feel like the fees are getting high like too quickly? Because to me, it feels like it should be a more gradual thing. Like I could have seen if they had said 15 million for San Francisco and Boston, and then maybe 25 million for the next team and like building up to 50 million. And I think in your article, you had mentioned where MLS was 11 years into their existence, or I don't know if you're the one that wrote it. I'm just assuming I did write it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for reading yeah. my stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So... 11 years in 11 years in Toronto FC was an expansion team and they paid $10 million to come into MLS. So even factoring in the time value of money, 50 million and you're 11, you know, 15, 16, whatever years later it is in MLS compared to to, uh, NWSL. But that's a pretty substantial number. In year 12, San Jose played 20 million. So it doubled just a year later. Not until year 19 of MLS did they break that 50 million mark. And then they shattered it. New York City FC in 2015 came in for $100 million. So as far as is it too much? I don't think so. I think it's it's as much as you're willing to pay for it. It's as much. It's like, what is what is stuff worth? It's worth what people will pay for. And there's this thing about really rich people. Like a lot of people are really rich. Gosh, don't you wish we were rich? Mm, that'd be nice. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we, we got we got plenty. We're doing fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but to be the super rich, like at some point, like a lot of people are super rich. But the thing that can distinguish you from the other super rich is that like you are a professional sports team owner. And that is a there's a limited amount of chances to do that. And you see the values of these NFL and NBA franchises just going through the roof, billion of dollars that they're worth now. And it wasn't that long ago that those expansion fees weren't nearly that high. Now, 50 million still way behind that stuff, just like MLS is 300 plus million still behind, but it's coming up. It's something and, you know, owning something like that is is unique. It's a unique chance. Do you think these teams are ever going to make their money back? Yeah, I don't know. So how you make your money in this is not necessarily an annual return. It's an investment. And then I think you really recover that investment by selling the team. If you do ever want to sell the team, if there are people like the longs, and I don't know Brittany Mahomes is worth, but we see Patrick Mahomes' salary, like isn't his salary? like 50 million a season or something crazy like the cost of buying a team is one year's pay for Patrick Mahomes give or take Uh, but the longs I know are incredibly rich uh, billions and billions of dollars so something like that is a drop in the bucket that said they probably got the team in that lower market the two to two to five I don't know that wasn't in the story so uh, they came in and they rescued a team and we were saying hey one year timeline man that's aggressive I'm pretty sure they launched a team in like a little over a month which is just crazy to transition them from Utah to Kansas City get things set up and granted it wasn't perfect right they didn't have all the training facilities and things that they wanted but they've gone all in to get that fixed and you know we're a, we're about a year away from getting into that new stadium that's just close to our house here yeah um i have a one more thing about this and then i'm done talking about this expansion news and i think i may have already asked this but do we know if there's any other cities down the road who may be coming or anyone who's expressed interest cuz Once this does expand to 15 teams, it seems like at some point they're going to bring on more teams, kind of like the MLS has been doing throughout the last few years. And it's like the thing I found kind of intriguing is that Utah and Boston were 
previous team, like they had teams there and they're making their return. But I just keep wondering like what other cities would join. Like I think it'd be cool to see a new city where they haven't had a team before. And I think I've mentioned before that I'd love another Midwest team, like somewhere like Oklahoma City could to me fit that criteria. Um, because they do have an NBA team and I think they have a USL team, right? They do. Yeah. The OKC yeah. Uh, energy. Yeah. So I feel like they might have the market for an NWSL team. I think the markets are almost limitless for soccer in the United States. I mean, limitless is probably a little over the top, but if you think about how many big cities there are that could support a team, especially the women's game, the best teams are getting like 10,000 plus ish fans to games. So as it grows and builds, that could evolve. But the new stadium for the current, I think it's 11,500 seats, something like that off the top of my head. So it doesn't take as much to fill a stadium like that. Plenty of markets that could fill it. Uh, Phoenix, where we used to live, uh, one of the largest populations in the country, I think as far as the city, it's like the fifth or sixth biggest city in the entire country. So not bad. A lot lot of people live in there. I don't want to play soccer in the summer in the heat, but if you play the games at night and stuff, it would probably be uh, tolerable to get out there and do it. Uh, Oh, St. Louis, across the state. I'd love for there to be a rivalry building with the oh, city yeah. across the state and they're about to That's get their MLS one. expansion team so why wouldn't they want to look into that lots of good cities lots of good candidates and I think it'll continue to grow hopefully the league has they fought through all their controversies and travesties frankly that happened in terms of some of the coaching and personnel how they were behaving and they're coming out on the other side better and better I think the new uh, commissioner she seems to be doing a, a really quality job we got to see her at the groundbreaking when she came out here for the current remember she oh, was yeah. like a lot shorter than everybody else who kind of stood out there on stage he probably related as a fellow short person yeah i she must have been real short because i don't remember her i mean i remember <laughs> you just looked the right. commissioner you, you were looking right I over the top of her huh yeah i could, probably couldn't even see her i had a hard time seeing the stage that's fair <laughs> you in crowds it is a little tough all right well expansion i'm excited for it i think again you know, money. Yeah, so let me spend someone else's money and let's buy all the teams let's get a bunch of teams but yeah <laughs> if you grow at a sustained steady reasonable rate up uh, san diego and uh, angel city came in last year and were fantastic right out of the gate the only real downer thing about all this expansion and we'll have more time to talk about this between now and next season is expansion drafts and stealing players off of a kc current and i am not oh. looking forward to that aspect i'm hoping hoping they do away with the expansion draft, but I don't think we're there yet. I think MLS is a lot closer as they add teams. I don't think they need an expansion draft anymore. Just give more of that fake funny money, allocation money to teams and let them spend and go get the players they want, sign up the free agents, etc., etc. Make trades, use the money to make trades, but don't force people to give their players away. I, I hate that part of expansion. So that will be a bit of a bummer because if there's two teams coming in, that means probably twice as likely to lose some players or maybe at least one player, but probably more. Yeah, that's true true it's time for the digital crawl y'all shout out to thomas who uh recommended i introduce the digital (laughs) crawl that way uh we're gonna get some digital crawl theme music we're gonna get some show theme music we have music but i've got my little brother hard at work making some music so he's he's in the lab he's creating he's like got the beats in his head he's the musically talented one of us so something in the future will come from him i feel like we got permission from the cauldron we're gonna work that for the glory dun, 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 of the city into there somehow all right digital crawl the u.s men's national team played a couple of friendlies since we've last talked to you all they drew against columbia and they lost 
to Serbia in their January camp friendlies. This was not their premier roster, probably not even their second team roster. Uh, Sheena, we talked about January camp before and how it's called Camp Cupcake. It's been sometimes referred to as Camp Cupcake. The thing I didn't explain to you, and I think this is a good lesson for people out there, because it's something I maybe didn't understand when I first got into soccer as well, is that this January window is not a recognized FIFA window. There are FIFA windows where players have to release their teams to go play for their national teams, and this is not one of them. So because of that, they were able to bring in guys like an MLS, that are in the off season, right? So they're available and then they're kind of getting up to speed for preseason. But then a lot of the other guys they were bringing in were players from leagues and around the world where they're not playing very much. So they're backups or they, you know, they're not an integral part of their roster. So they get a chance to go play for their national team. People tend to let them go. I could talk about the USMNT for probably another half hour, but we're going to not do that because Sheena did not watch the games with me. Oh, do you have a thought? No, I did not watch the games, but I think I saw on Twitter, it might be Mike... McGrew, is that the that guy could you be. recommended? There's a lot of mics. I referenced oh. two mics on this one. Oh, Coon, okay. Well, McGrew. McGrew, yeah, Mike McGrew, right? It may have been him. I might be giving him credit for something he didn't say, but somebody made an observation that no sporting Kansas City players were called up to the. That feels like team. a Mike a Mike Coon thing because he he's okay. all over that. He's all over that. Speaking of that, transitions me to my next point. Dabinia, Casey current signing. Uh, she got called into the Brazilian national team, so she's going to be away for the She Believes Cup whenever that comes up here in February. I imagine we're going to see some Casey other Casey current players get called up for their respective. Teams. Teams, Haley Mace, A.D. French, uh, probably Desiree Scott for Canada. Who knows who else might get the call? Uh, Chloe Legarzo is still over in Australia. They're not in the She Believes Cup, but uh, actually, neither is Canada. Why am I referencing Canada? But they'll probably be in another friendly tournament because that's going to be an actual recognized FIFA window. And y'all, I'm just saying stuff now, but I imagine we're going to hear some more players be called up. Brazil and the U.S. are in that tournament, though. All right, next piece of news. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say this last name. The Casey Current added a new assistant coach. We're just going to call her Carolina. She's a former professional. Oh, go ahead. I don't really know how to say Oh, I think I know it. But I don't. Oh, now you got to Car- say it because you interrupted. <laughs> Carolina Shoblom. Shoblom? Could, could be. Uh, I don't know why I interrupted you to pretend I knew what I was saying. If nothing, I can laugh at your pronunciation instead of you laughing at me for once. So Carolina, yeah. Carolina, oh, who knows? Uh, she's oh, from yeah. Finland. She is a, she was coaching uh, the Swedish U19s national team, uh, but she's now joined the current, possibly a replacement for the coach lost earlier in the offseason, who's now up in Chicago, Ella. Uh, also got a little bit of Buzio news in the digital crawl. Y'all remember Jean-Luc Buzio, the most expensive outgoing transfer in sporting Kansas City history. Well, there's a rumor that he might be moving from Venezia, where he's playing in Serie B, uh, to another Italian Serie B team, uh, Pisa. You know the Leaning Tower of Pisa? You familiar with Pisa? I have heard of that, yes. Yeah, so that would be a climb up the table. Venezia is fighting for to avoid relegation. Uh, in Europe, oh. you, know, you can be bumped down to the next league and get relegated. Oh, I know, from Ted oh, Lasso. You know. Ted Lasso, that's right. You know, to promotion <laughs> relegation from Ted Lasso, as all a good American should. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, he he might get moved. Uh, the transfer window is actually like closing as we record this. So who knows if that has or hasn't happened? Uh, it's always possible that he could be he could still go out. He just can't come in at certain places like in Italy. Their window will have closed. Uh, one other interesting thing, though, when I was doing my Buzio research, I was listening to another podcast. I got to put plugging other podcasts. You guys are gonna listen to those. Instead no, of this one. <laughs> there's Extra enough time. space for everyone. <laughs> Extra time. They are uh, a podcast for the MLSsoccer.com website. Uh, they had Tom Bogard on, Tommy Scoops, as they call him. I showed you a picture of Tommy Scoops right with his cool mustache that you oh, probably yeah. would hate. So yeah. he he was talking about last summer. Shane, I don't know if you remember reading about this. Jean-Luc Abuzio was rumored to be coming back to Sporting Kansas City on loan when they were trying nope. to fix things and turn things around. Well, I wrote about it. You should read all my things. TheBlueTestament.com. Go check me out. Oh, <laughs> but- boy. Along with Sporting KC, FC Charlotte, or Charlotte FC, now I'm having a moment, Charlotte FC, uh, were both, quote, really trying to sign him. So they were both trying to bring him back. He's from North Carolina. He apparently went to a game there, and that was reportedly, he initially had said, oh, I'm just coming to, you know, see the stadium and see this new team and whatever. But apparently between that and Sporting, they were both pushing, quote, really trying hard to sign him, really trying to sign him. All right, couple more things here. Uh, The 2024 Copa America has been announced. It's going to be played and hosted by CONCACAF. So Copa America is like the the continental trophy for South America. So Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Chile, all those countries play each other to win the Copa America. Uh, okay. America, not just North America, it's, it's South America. So uh, ironically, North America doesn't usually get to play in the Copa America or Central America, but they are going to host this one. So CONCACAF is going to host six teams from CONCACAF will be in the tournament so the u.s men hopefully will qualify it would be a travesty if they are not one of the six best teams and don't get to play this because remember they don't need to qualify for the 2026 world cup so there's no pressure they're the host nation one of the host nations so this would be a really good way to play against some really good competition those south american countries are generally considered to be you know far superior to the north american and central american and caribbean nations that are make up Concacaf. so i think that'd be pretty cool did you have any u.s mnt copa america continental cup Thoughts? Just my typical commentary that I hope one of the games is in Kansas City. You know, I saw people lobbying for that. It'd be a really good um, trial run for all these World Cup cities yeah. to, to host some Copa America games. So I like that idea too. And of course, I like it if it's here. Shina, do you remember we went to the last time the Copa America was played in the United States? It was the Copa America Centenario. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too because my Spanish is terrible. Um, it was in Phoenix and we saw the U.S. actually play the aforementioned Colombia national team. Yeah, we went to a couple of U.S. national men's team games, so it doesn't stick out to me. But it all blurs together. (laughs) Kind of like vacations blur together for you. That's how soccer games are for me. Yeah, it was the third place game. Uh, Argentina had eliminated the United States, a Lionel Messi goal. And well, eliminated is not the right word. It had knocked them into the third place game. And then they, I believe they lost one nothing, if I'm remembering right. But hey, they made it to the semifinals against all these awesome South American teams. So the other CONCACAF nations can't say that. At least I don't think. I don't remember what happened in that tournament. I stopped paying attention after after the U.S. were eliminated. Well, that's, that's all I have. True. Sheena, do you have something you want to add? 
I do. I have something for the digital crawl, y'all. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like everybody already knows this, but on Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs advanced to the Super Bowl and they will be playing in Phoenix, Arizona. I wonder what the Cardinal Stadium is called these days. Yeah, it used to be State Farm, but I don't know if that's true I don't anymore. Know. And honestly, it might be Talking Stick. I feel that like doesn't that's, sound right. That's like yeah. a, maybe the uh, basketball arena. No, that's got a weird name too, the Footprint Center or something like that. Yeah. Either way, you got your footballs mixed up. This is a, a football where you're allowed to use this, your feet podcast. Yeah, I understand that, but this is also a Kansas City podcast, and people love the Chiefs, and so I saw today that they are already planning for a parade. They've allocated, I, th- I want to say $750,000 to a parade if the Dang. Chiefs win. Yeah, I might have those numbers wrong, but I swear it was like, I didn't even realize parades cost this much. A crazy amount. So yeah, go Chiefs. I think the game is February February 12th. Probably everyone in Kansas City but us knows when it is because we aren't really into football. Yeah, we're not diehard by (laughs) any means. So I definitely heard the fireworks going off when the game ended and I was like, dang it, I was going to watch that. I guess I don't need to watch it now because I I never watch sports live unless sporting KC and the KC Current. So on that note, (laughs) thank you for listening to For the Glory KC. If you made it all the way to the end, remember, go subscribe, give us a five-star review. If you don't want us to read it on the air, just put that in the thing. Don't read this on the air. But if you send a message to Chad but I know me I was trying to tell Chad that like I wouldn't if you were going to read my review I wasn't going I wouldn't like write a review so don't feel like you have to worry about us reading it if you don't want us reading it just say so to Chad fair enough yeah go at me on Twitter my DMs are open I sometimes remember to check them so go ahead reach out to me for the glory KC we'll be back next week every Thursday thank y'all and take care bye